Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. God is wonderful. I said, God is wonderful. Okay. God is great and he is majestic. But I want you to understand tonight that if you feel like getting up and shouting when you hear something from the word of God, do just that. Because God Almighty has given to you and I joy unspeakable. And it is full of glory also. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer before we begin tonight. Eternal God and everlasting Father, we come before your throne of grace once again, Lord God, thanking you for this opportunity that you have granted unto us that we could come and sit at your feet, Lord God, and receive from you, Lord God, that which you have spread on the table before us. Father in God, we pray right now that you will open our hearts to receive, Lord God, with meekness, Lord God, your engrafted word, which is able not only to save us, but to keep us, Lord God, unto the end. So, Lord God, we ask tonight that you will anoint your word to our hearts, anoint every heart to receive your word, including myself, Lord God. Father, Distribute to us, Lord God, that which you have for us to receive tonight. And bless, Lord God, and sanctify this word to us so that your name will be glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Come over the side. Let's go, man. The party's over here. Follow me. Follow me. That sounds a little crazy, yeah? What's, 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 what's this guy doing? Going on with on the stage. But tonight, I'm hoping to capture your heart with a word from God that I have entitled, Follow Me. But before I go into what the word is saying to us, I want to give you a little bit of a history regarding the man that we're talking about tonight and the place he came from. You know him already because you have him in your heart. His name is Jesus. He lived in a place that is called Nazareth unto this day. Now, Nazareth was a small town that lay up in the hills. 12 miles away from the Sea of Galilee. It was, a it was a conservative town, clinging to the traditional Jewish culture while the rest of the world around it was being impacted by the brick culture. The size of this town was only 2,000 feet east to west and 650 feet north to south. You got an idea of how small that is? And it only carried about two to 400 people. So you can understand the 
everybody in the neighborhood knew everybody else. They knew them by name, and they knew where they worked. They knew how to get to their home. They knew what kind of person they were. And this is the town that Jesus grew up in. Nazareth. So, when it was that John, who came before Jesus, was thrown in prison for preaching the word of God, to the then ruler about his wickedness, Jesus knew that it was his time to take over preaching. So he left Nazareth. Why do you think he left Nazareth? Huh? You think that he could talk to anybody in Nazareth about the love of God when he grew up in that tongue? Everybody knows he's the son of the carpenter. Everybody knows he used to tile hard work in a carpentry. They're going to want to know, who's this, who's this kid just grew up now trying to tell us how to live and who God is? We had Abraham and all these people before him. When he did start preaching, they still spoke all these things. But, for your information, Jesus still got his message over. I want to give you a little insight into the word. The word follow. It's a verb because it tells of an action that must take place. Follow me is what is the name of the message that I'm bringing to you tonight. And I want you to know that in the Old Testament, follow is made up of two Hebrew words. One that goes by Halak which is to walk, and the second one is Ahar, and this is behind or after. Thus we have to walk after. What are we talking about? Follow me. In the New Testament, however, to follow is represented by one Greek word, which this word if you don't practice it, then you're going to tie up your tongue. But it is called akulautio, to follow. Akulautio, to follow. I'm saying all these things just to give you a little insight as to the whole cultural setting and the kind of words that are used or were used then to speak in the, in, in the Amic language, or the Greek language, or the Hebrew language, whatever it is. When Jesus came by the sea of Galilee, calling in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19, and we're going to read that just now, it wasn't like what I did just now. Hallelujah! Come in, follow me, practice over here. It wasn't anything like that. Jesus had a more distinct and authoritative approach to what he was 
going to do. And if you, if you don't mind, follow me into the book of Matthew chapter 4. And let's read. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Let's go up to verse 18 and read. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Tonight I hope by the grace of God to help us to understand how impactful this statement, follow me, really is. And that is the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. So what he said to the disciples 2,000 years ago is still maintained in today's world. There's no difference in his call. And what we can notice right away in this call to these men is that they left everything that they were doing and followed Jesus immediately. Are you getting anything from what I'm trying to say here? Huh? They left everything and went after Jesus. What does that say about us today? Do we need to do the same thing? Leave everything and follow Jesus? Let me stop a moment. It doesn't mean that all our fancy cars that we have, and the big, nice, decorative house that we have, and all the 100-inch TVs that we have, we don't have to get rid of them. No, it doesn't mean that. It simply means that Jesus Christ has set out to challenge each and every one of us to understand it is all or nothing. It is either you give me your whole self or don't give me anything because I don't need a part of you. I need all of you. He was very, very dynamic in the way he spoke to the future disciples. They weren't disciples as yet. There were no people that he was calling. If you go with me to Mark chapter 2 and verse 14, you're going to have another instance where he's calling again. It says here, And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, 
and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Understand this. This is a man sitting at the receipt of customs. He got his desk here and all his money, everything, set out to collect uh, taxes from all the people. And this is a man that used to overcharge people as they come to pay their taxes. If their taxes were really $10, he used to tell them $12 or $15 so that he could duck some of it into his pocket. You want to ask, you ask me how I know that? You know, if you continue to read in that same scripture there, you're going to see that the very same day that he left everything on the side of the road and began to follow Jesus, Jesus was at his house, eating with him and some other publicans. And you know what he did? He said, Jesus, for everything that I took from anybody, I will restore it, and I will restore it more than I gave, than I took. My aim tonight is to help us to understand that Jesus Christ, when he gave us his salvation, when he allowed us to hear the word of God preached, our hearts, and we received the salvation of Jesus Christ. Something had to happen. There are many times I have heard my pastor stand on this stage and speak in no uncertain terms, and he was just a young kid when it happened, that when he came to Jesus Christ and found him as his Lord and Savior, something definitely happened in his life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. All things become new. It is impossible for us to have an encounter with Jesus Christ and remain the same as we were before. If we gave our hearts and our lives to Jesus Christ, then the power of the blood of Jesus Christ is going to transform our lives. We can never be the same. And listen to this. I'm going to go a little bit further. When I say we can never be the same, if we had an encounter with Jesus, there are two things that can happen. You can either become worse or you can become better. You see, this message that I'm preaching here tonight, I know that I can't finish it tonight. So what you're going to have to do is be prepared to come another time. Whenever you hear what Reginald Lynch is going to minister again, Come that next time I'm going to finish it better. But I want us to know what the Word of God is saying here is that we need to give our all to Jesus and not a part of us. If we look in John chapter 1, verse 43, 
Listen to this. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find up Philip and say unto him, follow me. Again, we have the word, follow me. Again, it is reiterated in the word of God. This is the third time, this is the third set of people that Jesus saw and said to them, follow me. And you know what? In no case had anyone hesitate to follow Jesus. Why do we think that is? It is because of the authority with which Jesus spoke. He fumbled for the words whether they should follow or not. Um, I think you should follow me, you know. Or don't you want to come with me? Jesus never functioned that way. He just looked at them and he said, follow me. Follow me. Now, in today's world, we have the opportunity to listen to messages by various different preachers. Some of them know how to encourage us to seek salvation. Very good. Some of them push on a lot of other different things and they circle the globe sometimes in their preaching. But when we would have accepted Jesus Christ based upon one of those preachers, we will be doing exactly like what the disciples did. We would have just come to Jesus because we heard the word and it impacted our heart with Dunamis, you remember Pastor Billy preaching Sunday, gone, and he talked about Dunamis. Dunamis is the power of God Almighty. And so because of the power of God Almighty in the word that is preached, we are drawn by the Spirit of the Lord God Almighty to follow Jesus. What I want for us to understand anyhow this particular night is that there must be what is called a self-denial. That is what Jesus wants from all of us. Every last one of us who is going to serve him must self-deny. We can't expect to walk in the ways of the Lord God Almighty on our terms. You know that they've got a lot of believers today, quite a number of believers today, who think that they are obliging God by walking in His way. Because what? They figure that this here is mine. I'm going to keep this. God can't get this from me. I got some news for you. Whatever God can get from you, you and that are going to be separated from God Almighty. You know, they got some people tell you plain and straight, look, I got to have shorty TV shows 
they want and they spend a lot of time behind those TV shows. And God is nudging them constantly. Constantly, God is nudging them to forsake that, to get out of that because it's not carrying them anywhere. It's taking them further and further away from the power of God, further and further away from the unity with which Jesus Christ wants to be with you. God loves every one of us. God cares for every one of us. But he wants us to give to him our all. He doesn't want us to hold back a part of our lives for, for, for ourselves to dictate about it. You can't dictate to God Almighty. You and I either give to God or everything or nothing at all. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Is the word making any sense here to us? Are we getting what the word is trying to teach us tonight? It says here, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And if you go further down, you're going to read what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. And the reason I told you I can't finish this message tonight. It's because there are quite a number of verses, scripture, that, I like, that I'd like to use to show you what happened in cases where people wanted to follow Jesus. But when the terms were laid out before them, they decided against following Jesus. Jesus don't force anybody to follow him, you know. He doesn't force any of us to follow him. But he has the terms laid out in his word of how it's going to be. And if it's not going to be so, it is best you don't bother to start at all. Because there, like I said, there's none of us, there's none of us can look at God and say, well, look, God, this, this, and this, I'm going to keep. But you can get the rest. 
بعد اومده بس I know this thing I know that if you don't give me all of you you're not going to make it anyway so it's definite that you have to give all of yourself what I want you to understand tonight is that there had to be a renunciation of sin and self first thing you have to do is accept that you're a sinner that's the first thing you have to do accept that you are a sinner in the sight of God Almighty when you heard the word of God and then you have to renounce what you were doing to follow Jesus if you don't renounce what you're doing to follow Jesus Jesus himself said it if you don't give me your whole self you're none of mine you're not my disciple who was ever disciple you are that's okay but you're not my disciple because I need the whole of you so that I can change you to what you are to be why do you think that there is such a statement in the word of God that says be transformed by the renewing of your mind if your mind is not renewed you can't follow Jesus you cannot follow Jesus because the mind that you have before you meet Jesus is rebellious against the word of God the mind that you have before doesn't give God a chance at anything but when you come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior when you accept that you are a sinner and you ask God to come into your heart now you got to renounce those things that you once did you got to you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind? You got to get into the Word of God Almighty. Read it constantly. You got to get on your knees to, and pray to God Almighty and ask Him to continuously transform you. We are a people that are in love with the Lord God Almighty. But for our own benefit, some of us want to walk in our way and think that God's better accept, God better accept what I'm offering him here because I don't plan to give up any of these things here. And so I want you to know, brother, sister, friend, God is ready at all times. God is ready to change you to suit his purpose. He's ready to transform your life. If you will make the renunciation that you have to make, there must be self-denial you can't 
keep all the things that you want to keep and expect to receive the blessings of the Lord God Almighty. You want to receive the blessings of the Lord God Almighty, huh? I want to receive the blessings of the Lord God Almighty too. And so you know what I'm going to do? As a believer in the Word of God, I'm going to give my whole self to the Lord God Almighty so that he can strip away all those parts of me that are no good, all those parts of me that are not glorifying to his name, he can strip them away and replace them with that which is honoring and glorifying to his name. Believers, I know that you want God to do that in your life. So I want to encourage you right now. Don't keep what you want to keep. Deny yourself of yourself. Deny yourself of all the things that does not bring honor and glory to God Almighty. For in so doing, you're definitely going to reap the benefits of the love and the mercy and the grace of Almighty God. Shall we go ahead in the word of prayer? Eternal God and everlasting Father, we thank you for this time that we spent, Lord God, here talking about your word and about us, Lord God. We know that you want us, Lord God, to do and to live the way you will have us live. Father, we ask tonight that you would look into our hearts, Lord God, and see where we need to be changed, Lord God. And not only, not just Lord God, but pull us, Lord God, away from the fire of hell, Lord God. Pull us back, Lord God, from that thing that we so love to do or want to do always that does not bring glory to your holy name. Help us to understand what is self-denial, Lord God, so that we could reap the joys that are set before us, Lord God. Father, we commit every heart every life that is in your presence right now into your hand and ask that you work a mighty work in every life. These mercies we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.